seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Orcs' immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. logic and reason had not been able to do. It drove the people of Paris indoors each night and put a temporary end to murder and violence. Tony Dewhurst and I seemed to be the only living creatures awake and about in the darkness. Quiet night, Blakeney. Yes. Might as well turn in soon, Tony. Mm. If we don't, patrolling troops might start asking questions. I doubt it. They think the English are crazy anyhow, when we are dressed warmly enough. They'd be more liable to stop us if we were disguised as Frenchmen. <laughs> you mean like this afternoon? That rag figure disguise of yours was magnificent. <laughs> Why have you been doing that? To establish an identity that might be useful later on. The citizens who live in and around the Rue Francois now accept me as one of them. And the citizens of Montmartre know you as a public letter writer. And those near the Tuileries as a beggar. If any one of my characters becomes suspect, he can be transformed into one of the others and even join in the hunt for himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never cease to amaze me. No wonder you drive Chauvelin mad. What's his latest reward offer for the Scarlet Pimpernel? Eh? Rather good. Half a million francs now. Oh, well, if it gets much better, it'll almost pay you to turn yourself in. I'd rather tempt you to... Take me. A woman. Up ahead. Come on. Sounds like she was being murdered. There's an ant that cuts off to the right about 200 yards ahead. It might have come from there. Yes. Look, three men. Yes, they saw us running the other way. They must be the attackers. Oh, I want to want to keep after them. No. Too many winding streets. Get to that woman if we if we can find her. Here's the place. Oh, it's pitch black. She's here, all right. This way, I think. There, Blakeney. Here. Here she is. I almost fell over. She's still... What is it, Blakeney? Knife in her back. Madame. I, I did not tell them. 
I... What didn't you tell them? Who were they? English. You are English? Yes. Save the author. Try. Try to talk, madame. Yes. Try to tell me more. Here's the author. Tomorrow night. Yes. What about the tavern? And who are the others? I'm afraid that's all, Tony. What? She's dead. Well, we'll have to leave her here. She... Oh, what's this? What? In her hand. What is it? A piece of fabric. Rough and heavy, like the pocket of a man's jacket. Oh, what does that mean? Well, it may have been something she ripped from one of them in the struggle. Well, I'd better take this. Shh. Sounds like a patrol. Let's get away from here. Uh, coming from the other end of the alley. There's a torch flicker there. All right. Come on, out the way we came. If only we'd been able to be close enough to help the first time she screamed. Well, perhaps we can prevent somebody else from screaming in the same manner. How? By dining tomorrow night at the Tavern Fleur Bleu. The Tavern of the Blue Flower. <laughs> Fleur Bleu was hardly the place for English gentlemen. I made use of my ragpicker disguise and Tony donned the dress of an impoverished and not too clean citizen of the Republic. We had been toying with a cheap bitter wine for an hour when the door opened and three men came in. Oh, those comrades seem to be well known here. They're not exactly strangers to us either. You mean the three men from last night? How can you tell? The heavy set one. Notice anything? No, he. Oh, a pocket missing from his jacket. And the jacket matches the piece of fabric I have. Stay here. What are you going to do? Talk to him. Bonsoir, citizen. Oh? Bonsoir, citizen. What can I do for you? A matter of business, comrade. Oh? I am Pierre Louvet. Ragpicker from Rue Francois. <laughs> you hear, comrades? The ragpicker has a matter of business to discuss with me. <laughs> I must introduce myself formally, too. Huh? <laughs> I am Henri Vernier. I have no profession, but I wish to be a millionaire. <laughs> Can you help me in my ambition, ragpicker? <laughs> Maybe more so than you think. Oh. One can often do wonders with a piece of rag. <laughs> Make a patch for the citizen's missing pocket, perhaps. A good patch would have to match the rest of the jacket, citizen. I can match it, I assure you. Perfectly. In that case, I am interested, citizen. I thought you would be. Can we discuss it uh, privately? We. Oui. Privately. You will pardon us, comrade. We can do our business outside, citizen. We left the tavern and went into the street. But I had seen the sharp glance Henri Vernier had given his two comrades. I knew that they would be moving behind us in the darkness. But I knew something else, too. Tony Dewhurst would also be behind us. This fabric you spoke of, citizen, where did you get it? I found it in the hands of a dead woman. I could have notified the authorities, of course. They would not have cared. Why not, citizen? Because the woman was suspect, accused of treason against the Republic. 
And you have taken the place of the guillotine, eh, comrade? What does it matter to you? You have said the authorities would not care. Are you then an official executioner? <laughs> that does not matter with an executioner, citizen. <laughs> Who cares if he is official, so long as he is effective? And I am effective, as you will soon know. Even as he spoke, I heard the padded steps of his henchmen, and they set upon me just as I caught the glint of a knife blade in Ari Vernier's hand. I twisted away from his thrust, grappled with him, and I felt the impact of Tony Dewhurst bursting into the fray. The surprise of his attack gave us power for a brief moment, and Vernier's henchmen crumpled to the ground under our fists. Vernier turned to run, but Tony threw him off balance. I pounced on him, pitting his arms to his side. Oh, let me go! Let me go! That is better, citizen. Now we can continue our discussion, eh? Why did you kill that woman last night? It, it, she had money. That was all. For money. Look, I will pay you well. To... You will never pay me or anybody else unless you tell the truth. No. Because you were planning to meet somebody else tonight, weren't you? Another victim. No, no, I don't lie. The woman last night told us there were others. She spoke to us oh. before she died. Oh. If you do not tell us, perhaps your comrades will to save their necks since you seem to be the leader. No, they know nothing. They have only assisted me for a share. Listen to me, Heikpicker. You are a man of powerful physique. You and your friend can take the places of these two fools and learn the feel of gold. If you are wise, accusing me will get you nothing. Well, now we are getting somewhere, eh, comrade? It would <laughs> seem so. Come, let us get away from these two before they are fully roused. And the comrade with the missing pocket may buy us some wine. Well, he tells us how we may come to know the feel of gold. We returned to the tavern Fleur Bleu and took a corner bench where we would not be overheard. The tavern was still crowded, and the men were making coarse jibes at a pretty and nervous young girl who crouched close to the door as though she were waiting for somebody. I noticed Vernier casting nervous glances at her. All right, comrade Henri. The ragpicker and I await your proposition. Well, uh... I have a means of obtaining certain information. Uh, what kind of information? I have a friend in a high place who supplies me with the names of persons suspected of treason before they are arrested. Uh, this friend, uh, he gave you the name of the woman who was killed last night? Yes. I see. And to what use do you put this information? When it is taught that the accused may have money, gold, or jewelry. Yes. Well, go on. I approach them with word that they have been accused and arrest is imminent. And then? I tell them that escape from Paris can be arranged, if they can pay for it. Then you set a time and a meeting place where they are to bring the money to you, after which you take them out and murder them. Is that it? Oui. <laughs> What does it matter? I profit, and they are safe the horror of the guillotine. <laughs> nice business, eh, comrade? Oh, very nice, citizen. <laughs> uh, tell me, Vernier, uh, if the people you murder are suspect, why aren't they arrested as soon as they are accused? Because my contact manages to delay until I have had time to make arrangements. <laughs> and in return, he gets a share of the money you uh, collect. We. Oui. Who is your contact? Do you suppose me to be a fool, citizen? That one thing I keep to myself, for his protection and my own. Ah, our new friend is clever. Oh, yes, very clever. Do you wish to join me or not? Oui, comrade. We will join you. Good. 
Uh, meet me here, then. Three nights hence. And... Oh, no, comrade. We wish to join you at once. There was to be a customer tonight, wasn't there? Who, Bernier? The girl by the door. Aha. Her name is Lorette Dumaret. She will have the money on her. Five thousand in gold. Oh, then we must relieve her of it at once. Hey, comrade? Oui, at once. She has been instructed not to recognize me here. But when I leave, she will follow. I will walk along the Place Blanche. And you will follow in five minutes. Oh, no. No, we go with you, citizen. But I tell you... Five thousand in gold is a great deal of money. We would not want you to run into the hands of some dishonest ruffian and be robbed. Oh, no, that would be unthinkable. We must protect your interests, comrade. Besides, I do not like to miss executions. My knife is most effective, comrade. When it permits screams such as last night? Ah, no. My hands are strong. No screams come from the throat they touch. Hmm. I see you have a talent for our business. Perhaps our meeting has been fortunate. Most fortunate. <laughs> Let us not keep the lady waiting. We left the tavern, and the girl followed us like a sheep being led to slaughter, until Henri turned up Place Blanche and stopped in the deep shadow under an arch. The girl came panting after us. Monsieur! Monsieur, I was afraid I would lose you. You walk so fast. The money, mademoiselle. It is here. The promised amount. All I have, and yet not really enough for what you do for me. It is enough, mademoiselle, for what this one would do for you. <laughs> How true, comrade. Now you must dispatch the lady from Paris, as we agreed. Yes. Mademoiselle, we have not much time. Listen, whatever I do, it will not hurt, you mademoiselle. Pretend to faint, mademoiselle. Do not resist. No! Hysteria. The girl resisted me. And even as my hand closed over her mouth to shut off her screams, I saw something glinting in the darkness. The sickening realization of what it was came to me too late. Vernier's hand sent his knife plunging into her back. second blow, Tony was upon him. I lowered the girl to the ground and turned to the fight just in time to see the knife descend again. Only this time, under the pressure of Tony's grasp, Vernier was his own victim. The blade plunged into his chest. He staggered a few feet and then fell. 
I'm sorry, Blakeney. You had no choice. He'd have done for you. And for uh, me as well, given the chance. Quickly. We've got to do something for the girl. Get away from here. Is she alive? I think so. I managed to pull her away from his thrust, but somebody must have heard her screams. Well, we can't very well carry her with patrols about. Well, we might get away with it. Carry her with one arm held about each of our shoulders. Well, if we can find a couple of empty wine bottles and some rubbish heap as we go. A drunken trio. Is that what you have in mind? It's our only chance. What are you doing with your shirt? Ripping off part of it to staunch that wound. Better make sure Vernier is dead. He's dead, all right. Good. Quickly, help me lift the lady. That's uh, uh, fine. Now, let's go. I think I see somebody moving. Up ahead there. Oh, then we'd better set our act to a little music, old boy. she can be moved. Where am I? Don't move, mademoiselle. Not in the hands of friends. You... Now, please don't scream. But you speak now as if I sound English. We too are English. I try to tell you that you would not be harmed before. I suppose I should have known how frightened you'd be. The man who was with us wanted to kill you. But he was going to get me out of Paris. Yes, by way of his knife. I'm sure you'll prefer our way. Essie? Yes? Do they call one of you the Scarlet Pimpernel? I have that honor, mademoiselle. No, oh. no. Don't try to sit up. You're badly injured. I know. How did you come to be with that man? We were pretending to join forces with him. He had been obtaining names of accused persons from some official of the Republic, pretending to offer help as he offered it to you. Unfortunately, in your defense, we had to kill him before learning the name of the official. Actually, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm afraid it matters a great deal, old boy. Oh, why? He can't operate without having a murderer like Vernier do his bidding? The services of murderers are easily obtained in Paris. He'll find another, and more lives will be lost. And I am to blame, monsieur. Because I was afraid. No, no, I was at fault. But you can be of service. But how? Tony, there's a map of the city in that cupboard. Get it, will you? Of course. What can I do? Now, just tell me where you live, so that I can locate it on the map. Robert Pierre, number five. Here, help me spread it out, please. Uh, what do you expect to find? Just a minute. Uh-huh. Yes, here we are. Robert Pierre. Uh, what's on your mind now? A fairly simple process, Tony. Here's Rue Berthier. Here's the location at the Tavern Bleu, which Vernier made his headquarters. Yes. If you were going to accuse somebody of treason, where would you go to make the accusation? Well, I, I, I don't know. Accusations must be made before some member of Committee of Public Safety. Precisely. Do you know who accused you? No. It could have been any one of men here. I have not hidden my dislike for the new order. Well, whoever he was, it's certain he made his accusation to some member of the committee with quarters in this general area, a place near and convenient. You have the homes and headquarters of all members of the committee marked off there? Yes, 
And there are three of them in the area I have circled. See? Yeah. Simone lives here, Roger here, and Forte here. One of them must be our man. I see your point, Blakeney. But how do we find out which one? You will go to all three of them, each in turn, and make an accusation. An accusation against who? Against media, chap. <laughs> Remember, I have several identities. Yes. So, tomorrow you will go first to Simon. Make a charge of treason against the beggar at the Tuileries. But how Listen to I... me. After that, we watch the hovel I use as a residence for the beggar. If Simon is not our man, troops will come to make an arrest. If he is our man, a murderer will come. Exactly. <laughs> but remember, in each case, you must bait the trap. In addition to charging treason, you must also say that the man you charge is suspected of having hidden wealth. I understand. Monsieur. Monsieur, will you be in great danger? <laughs> Don't fret, my dear lady. Nobody lives forever. And it's a game I enjoy. I pray that nothing happens to you, monsieur. And I, mademoiselle, pray that nothing happens to other innocents such as you. The next day, Tony made his accusation against a beggar that didn't really exist. But Citizen Simon was not our man. Within an hour, we saw troops pounding at the door of the beggar's hovel. We slipped away. Well, you'll never be able to beg near the Tuileries again, Blakeney. <laughs> Obviously not. Our next approach is to Citizen Roger. Well, who do I accuse? The public letter writer of Montmartre. You know what to say? Yes. Then go and see the gentleman and say it. <laughs> Oui, comrade. I am Citizen Roger. Now, what do you wish to see me about? A matter of duty on my part, Citizen. I wish to denounce a traitor. Hmm? And who are you? Uh, Citizen Lavanet. You will bear witness against the one you accuse? I will testify before the tribunal gladly. Good. Ah, my friend, my friend. Ah. Citizen Lavanet. Now, who is the accused? Georges Perrault, the public letter writer. Twelve who Citron in Montmartre. Hmm. Public letter writer. Trash to feed to Madame la Guillotine. I wish I knew where the old fool hides his gold. Huh? Gold, citizen? What is that about gold? Oh, it is rumored that he has much gold hidden away. Ah. And I believe it. I have heard whispers that he has passed messages for the Scarlet Pimpernel and been well paid. Hmm. Very well, citizen. When the letter writer is taken, you will be called upon to testify. Au revoir, citizen. Au revoir to you too, citizen. Roger was our man, all right. This time, no troops appeared. The day passed, and night came, and still we watched from a vantage point until a lone man slipped along the street and stopped at the doorway and made an observation. I left Tony to wait in hiding, and I approached the stranger as he knocked softly. You wish a letter written at this time of night, citizen? <gasps> you? You are a citizen, George Barrow? Oui? You should not be about so freely, citizen. Why not? Because this very day, you have been accused of treason. Oh. How do you know this? I have a list of accused. 
you wish to get out of Paris and save your neck, uh, I can arrange it for a price. But I am a poor man. Those who go no to the guillotine have no pleasure from their gold. How much can you pay? I have no money. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand or die. I will need time. It is hidden. Tomorrow night. An hour past midnight. We need to the abandoned church near the Le Mans Gate. I will meet you there. No, 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 no. I will need another hour. And a place better known to me. A dark and lonely place. The promenade by the Seine at the foot of Place Diavolo. But... All right, all right. But bring me money. I must be paid. Do not fear, monsieur. You will be paid. Devil, are you writing there, Blakeney? An invitation to a murder, that's all. When I finish it, we can find a messenger and have it delivered to Citizen Roger of the Committee of Public Safety. What is it? A note telling him to appear on the Seine promenade at 2 a.m. if he wants his share of 50,000 francs. That will bring him. Isn't that your rendezvous with the killer? Yes. We'll watch from nearby. What's what? Roger will make every attempt to disguise himself in case he should be seen. And in the dark, he will meet a very nervous killer. A killer who will be expecting me. A killer who will probably lurk under the stair and then strike from behind. Then Roger's order to kill you turns out to be an order for his own execution. Yes, Tony. At midnight, we hid at the far end of the promenade. As I expected he would, the killer came early and long before the appointed hour secreted himself under the stairs. The night grew tense as we waited for Roger to appear. And then, finally, muffled steps echoed along the street leading to the promenade. They sounded hollow as he made the descent to the river. I can barely make out his figure. It's so dark. Yes. It might be you, or me, or anybody, to a killer. It will look like the man he expects. He stopped right at the foot of the steps. If who are you? The money. The money. I cannot find the money. A fear-ridden fool. Fear makes him kill. Fear makes him run. But, but he's getting away scot-free. <laughs> Free, Tony? A man like that, at liberty perhaps, but never free of his dreams. He'll be a prisoner every night, a tortured prisoner for as long as he lives. Let's walk along the river, shall we? Returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
Andreas Goring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. If you look over there, Lorette, where the mist is clearing, you'll see England. Ah, yes. You love your country, monsieur. It is in your voice when you say the name. It's a proud name. So was the name of France once. And it will be again. Sanity will return. Honest men will spring up to fight the new tyranny. I wish I had your faith, monsieur. You are my faith, Lorette. All women are my faith. Because you'll marry one day and bear sons. And no woman ever brings a son into the world wanting him to be a slave. You think my children may one day be able to go back there in freedom and in safety? Yes, Lorette. In freedom and in safety. Someday, I hope. Someday. Soon. Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, is written by Joel Merkett, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.